Can you remember a time in your life when you've never worried about money? No, me either. There are always those moments or situations that mean that we have to think about our financial freedom. And today we're going to be making conversations about wealth count. can't thank you enough for listening to the special episode that I did with guest host Nat Schooler. It meant that some of our socials were in the top 1% of engagement and I had a great review from Hope and Healing over in the USA. Thank you so much for everybody that leaves a comment. Make sure that you add your reviews by going to makingconversationscount.studio forward slash review. You really do make my day when I get those. Following that episode with Nat, where I shared my story, some of you lovely listeners took advantage of the special discount code on the Power Up Sessions. I'm going to keep that open for you for a little while longer. Make sure you listen to the end and you can get that special code. Today, I'm joined by Will Polston, founder of Make It Happen. Hi, Will. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. Very good indeed. Thank you for having me. Looking forward to being on the show. Let's introduce you first, Will. We met in the rabbit hole that is taking everyone by storm at the moment, that is Clubhouse, the audio-only sort of social media app. It's the fact that conversation leads the way there that's really important, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, without a doubt. So how are you finding the experience of Clubhouse yourself? When I first saw about it, there was this bit of FOMO of like, what's this new thing that people are talking about that they're in the club and literally calling it the club. I'm in the club. And, and I'm not, I was like, oh, well, I, I'm not in the club yet. What's this thing? Um, and I got in it and then I, I sort of played with it. I saw a, a phenomenal opportunity. I'm a big fan of collaboration. And what I loved was seeing certain people that would arguably be competitors collaborating and sharing knowledge, the sort of personal element industry I'm in the industry of sharing advice and wisdom to get people to to have new realizations and move forward. So from that point of view, I thought it was fantastic. I mean, compared to something like Instagram, which is very visual, great if you're a fitness trainer or something and you want to show off how, how good your body is, but not the easy thing for me to do. So I found that really good. What I personally found was that it was very easy to have the FOMO of like, oh my God, what am I missing out on? That's not necessarily missing out on new knowledge, but what opportunities am I missing out on by not being on it? obviously from a business sense, and then decided, you know what, I'm just going to treat Clubhouse like reading. I read every day, but I don't read for my whole day. And knowing that I can pick it up whenever I want, I can pick up a book whenever I want and get something of value from the book. I can get something of value from Clubhouse by being of value in Clubhouse. That was my approach to it. It's all about the conversations, isn't it? At the end of the day, there's many, many rooms with many, many people in them. And the fear of missing out really is that for me, some of those bigger rooms, when you go in there, they can be talking about something and it's you want to contribute. There is something about your own experiences that you want to put your hand up and you want to share. And in some of the bigger rooms, you really can't do that because by the time they get round to inviting you to speak, the conversation's taken a completely different direction. Clubhouse, really great. It's kind of like the background noise. It can be instead of the radio, if you want to listen to the big rooms and the speakers and what's going on. But yeah, it's it sort of drops seeds. And from those little seeds of conversation, 
inspiration and growth happens. There's no way of being able to track it. I think that's the wonderful thing about it. The conversation happens and it's over. There's no going back to it. So there's no permanent trace. An incredible concept. Which in today's day and age, with sort of everything leaving a digital footprint, it's interesting that that isn't the case. So, Which is what's got everybody so excited, I think, isn't it? And that fear of missing out on what that conversation might or might not be. So, Will, your business and your brand is all about making it happen. How do you go about helping people on a sort of day-to-day basis when you can put Clubhouse on silent? As a company, we have a number of different services. So I'm, I'm a big believer, if you think differently, you act differently. If you act differently, you get different results. And I'm in the results business, but that boils down to, right, how do we get people to think and act differently? So in its simplest form, that's what I do. In terms of actual services, we've got a network that we run. We've got workshops. We've got coaching programs, masterminds. We've got a training element of our business where people qualify in a modality called neuro-linguistic programming. So yeah, there's a number of different ways that we, a number of different tools that we use to facilitate that accomplishment of of making it happen. Yeah. To to create that change. So yeah, no, that's, that's fantastic that you've got something for everyone as well. You know, you're all encompassing as opposed to, you know, sort of specializing, which a lot of people say you've got to specialize in this one thing, but you're sort of specializing in making sure that everybody can achieve it. Yeah, I think in the business world, there's a lot to be said for niching and I get niching. I've experienced firsthand the downside of not niching, which is basically traction. You know, how quickly you you move into a very noisy market, it's a lot more difficult to stand out. But equally, I've benefited from a lot of the benefits of not niching, some of which are quite surprising, actually. But yeah, so swings and roundabouts. Yeah, and it's, it's been able to have those different conversations on all those different levels to be able to affect the change, which I think it was really what stood out when... When I first heard you speak on Clubhouse. So, yeah, from a listener, you know, it's good to hear that feedback, isn't it? You know, I wanted to let you know I'm offering a £50 discount on my very popular and successful one to one power ups. Go to makingconversationscount.com forward slash power up offer. To claim it. I ask everybody that comes on the show to think about one conversation that particularly stands out to you in terms of if that conversation hadn't have happened, that you'd have perhaps been stuck. So, Will, I'm really, really intrigued to hear your pivotal moment today, if you're ready to share with us. I'll be really honest. Mine wasn't so much a convert, the, the biggest one. I call it a lightning moment, right? The, the biggest one for me, um, what I call my lightning moment. So I'll give you a very brief backstory to put some context to it. So I grew up with a belief that money equaled happiness. I went off on a tangent to earn as much money as I could as early as I could. I become very good at earning a lot of money very young. At 18, I stumbled across personal development. The more personal development I did, the more money I made, and it kind of rippled on like that. And the moment that really stood out for me, it was at an event that I was at, and it was a speaker. So again, I don't know how you're defining conversations, but I was sat in the audience, they were speaking, and shared a particular story. And in that moment, I cried my eyes out for about 15 minutes, because what it did was it made me realize that the belief that money equals happiness for me was not what it was really about. It was something much deeper than that to do with my dad how in my perception, my dad hadn't achieved what he was capable of and the impact that it had on my family and me and a whole host of other people. And that's where my desire for money was born, right? And the reason- Conscious motives. 
Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I put that down to sort of unpicking that. Well, I, I've got two uncles. One of my uncles is a billionaire. The other's a multi-multi-millionaire. And they're sort of the life and soul of the party. And they sort of, they're re- really great people to be around. And my dad worked hard. It's not a Cinderella story. We, we did well. We went on holiday every year. There was always food in the fridge, clothes on my back. But my dad used to work in London in a job that he hated. He used to leave at five o'clock in the morning, get home at seven, eight o'clock at night. He'd bring the stress and the frustration home with him. Like he hated his job. And I don't know if you've ever can relate to this of being in, you know, when you're just in that environment with someone, they've just got this tension around them and it's like they walk into the room and yeah. And it's, it's just, you, you feel the energy and, and, and it was like that. And, and one day he quit his job to set up a business with one of my uncles that didn't ever properly happen, but he'd left his job. He ended up falling into having significant feelings of depression, slept in a separate room to my mom and all that stuff. That's sort of quite stereotypical people that are depressed. And, that was when I made the decision back then. I was like, right, well, it's obvious money equals happiness. As Uncle Mark, he's a billionaire. He's really happy. Uncle Steve, he's a multimillionaire. He's really happy. His dad, when he works in London, he hates his job. He doesn't enjoy it, but he's, he's doing what he's doing now. Well, he's, he's depressed, not leaving the house. It's, it's obvious money equals happiness. So yeah, my, mine was hearing a particular story that gave me that realization and enabled me to connect the dots. So that story of realizing that money was not the be all and end all to drive life. What changed? What happened next, Will? So I, <laughs> I went home from this event. At, at the time, I, I, I turned up at my parents' house and my family were all there. And I sat everybody down on the sofa and I said, I'm going to become the world's best life coach. That was what I said to them. I'm going to become the world's best life coach. And they were like, okay, like, where have you just been for the last few days? Like, you've just come back and like this. Who stole Will? Yeah, who what, what have you done with my know? son? Who is, who is this guy? And, and, I, and I said, and I was so passionate about it. And I was so driven by it. And I, I went, that night I registered a company at company's house. The next day I went to the bank and set up a bank account. And then I did nothing. I said, when I'm successful, then I'm going to do this. And I had what I call when then syndrome. and. Um, that happened for a couple of years. I did leave the city at the time. I was running a vision of a stock brokerage. I left the city. I set up a renewable energy business. We grew that from a standing start to have 85 staff within a relatively short period of time, growing, 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 just as we're about to be doing a million pounds a month in sales. Government changed legislation, killed that business overnight, pretty much. I then tried to do a few other things sort of to make the most of those resources, various good staff and what we had. And I went on holiday and that's when I had another realization, what I call my second lightning moment. I was like, Will, what the hell are you doing? You're doing it again. You're just chasing the money. Why don't you just do the thing that you really want to do and just cut the, I, I won't swear, the, the bull stuff and get on with it now. And, and that's what started that trajectory of then creating Make It Happen and going off and studying lots of different modalities and building the or starting that process of what we're doing and and here's the real funny thing in terms of the way that this whole process unfolded for me wendy is that i had had this vision for such a long time that it needed to be this big grand business right and all these different things but i i, I actually started by posting one quote a day on social media after a week i was like will you idiot some people don't go on social media in the morning they only go in the afternoon so i started posting two a day a week after that, I set up a website. A week after that, I wrote my first blog. Three months after that, I had my, a 10,000 strong social media following. But that all rippled a, a, along the way. And I think in that very early stage of that, that journey, I'm not afraid to reach out to people. For a, as long as I can remember, I've had mentors 
albeit indirect and people I looked up to and I would go and meet my uncle once every year and sit down with him and just talk about stuff. But so I wasn't afraid to look at people that were doing what I wanted to do, reach out to them, even if I didn't know them, hey, look, I'd love to just have a conversation with you. And I I don't know how I'm going to be of value to you yet, but look, I'd I'd really pick, let let me buy you a coffee. Let me do this. I'd love to have that conversation. And I keep journals every year. Like I journal most days and I've got all of them lined up, like all of the years lined up down behind me. And I've still got that very first pad where I I went and met these people and said, look, tell me everything you can. I'm like a sponge. I want to know everything and reached out to people. So those were very valuable conversations that that got that going as well. I think that's really important. I always say to everybody, regardless of where I meet, it's great to have a following, isn't it? And that energy builds more energy. But if you're not involved or invested with those people that are part of that network, then that energy is really not going to go anywhere. And I always say, you never know where a conversation will lead. There's so much premise put on, oh, well, if you were inviting me for a coffee and a virtual chat, it's because you want to sell to me. No, it's not. It's because I want to get to know who you are, what you want to do, how you want to get there. And if there's somebody that I know that can help you, that's not me then I will share that. There's too many people that go around holding on to everything that they own, keeping it to themselves. Absolutely. And look, it's really interesting. You and I met via Clubhouse. You reached out to me. We had a great conversation, just find out what you're doing and what you're up to. And then an opportunity within my own business come up. And I was like, actually, yeah, I could have a chat with Wendy and, and reach out to you. And you put, and I'm a big believer in these sliding doors, you know, of, of, of how this stuff can happen. And not a day goes by without me introducing someone to someone and some incredible things have happened as a result of those introductions. And I feel that the more that we come from a place of giving, because a lot of people go, well, I don't want to give because like, what, what am I getting in exchange? So, but what what's in it forget, for me always? Exactly. Right. But, but here's the thing where, it, it, I, and I get it. I, I understand why people might think that, but what, what we've got to understand is that there's certain laws of the universe. And one of those laws is the law of reciprocity. Some people call it karma, right? So what you do comes back to you tenfold. And if you do those things, that person may not pay you because that's conditional, right? If you want to do something conditionally, you're doing it with the view you're getting something in return from that person. But here's the thing that's crazy is that you might do something for someone else that does something for someone else that does something for someone else that then does something for you. And it's the whole concept and the ethos of paying it forward. Like a lot of people, they do stuff for me and go, well, how can I possibly repay you? And my answer to them is pay it forward because I know that at some point in some way, when I most need something, someone's going to step up for me. And when I kind of surrendered to that belief, and look, I've got a company called Make It Happen. And I, I believe that there's sort of four stages of sort of evolution, if you like, that we go through. So the first is that stuff happens to us and it's very much like victim mentality. It happens to us. Then it's the very much like it happens by me. Like I create it. I made it happen. It's all me. It's all ego. Then there's it happens through us and then it happens as us. And and, and so don't go down too much of a spiritual theme with this. But the point is. I like we, a bit of woo woo. I think it's oh, we right. can go woo woo, can we? I right? think okay, it's cool. only right. My dad, bless him. He taught me the tenfold. That was my upbringing. It's trusting that it will happen for you. You know, it's going from the when I'm successful then to, well, I'm successful, what's in it for me? It is those all those stages that you 
have just described that is important to just trust the process, trust that all the work that you're ever going to do is going to lead you to the place that you need to be. And it's so cliche. However, there's there's something that I've learned with this. And the only way you can truly trust the process is if you live congruently, right? And what I mean by living congruently is that your actions and your intentions are aligned. If your actions and intentions are aligned, you fall into what I call the rift. You'll know if you're in the rift because you're stressed, you're overwhelmed, you're frustrated, feelings depressed, anxious, unfulfilled, all those negative emotions that nobody wants. And any negative emotion is simply a signal to be thinking or acting differently. So all of those emotions are simply signals to get you back doing what it is you really want to be doing. And when you do that, that's when you can see the magic happens. We've all had experiences, everyone that's listening to this right now, we've all had experiences where when we look back in hindsight, what was a real challenge for us at the time? We go, oh my God, that was the best thing that ever happened. Rather than living life with hindsight and not experiencing the now, because that's all that's the only moment that ever exists. The past doesn't exist and the future doesn't exist. All there is is in the now. If we can get into that place now and look with foresight that the current situation is actually serving us and enabling us to step up, then suffering can dissolve and we can be in a position of living that life in the way that we want to be, which is, yeah, it's, it's powerful. Super powerful. It's not often like a, a loss for words because you really, you've said it all, Will. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think two great lightning moments. I love that you call them lightning moments. I'm pretty sure that when they struck, they really did sort of hit you to the core. And it's got you to where you are today, Wilford, but just being that generosity of spirit. And I mean that when I say spirit. So thank you so much for coming on the show today and sharing that with us. If people want to pick up the conversation with you, where do they find you? On social media is Will Polston. Obviously, if you're listening to this right now, you're listening to podcasts. I've got a podcast called Make It Happen with Will Polston. Go to Google Will Polston, Google Make It Happen, and you'll find I'll pop up at some point and uh, yeah, come and connect. Well, we'll make sure that all those details go in the show notes for you as well, Will. I do hope you enjoyed listening to Will's story today. I do love the conversations I have with every single guest. And of course, the reviews that you leave when you've listened to the episode are not just great for me, but also the guests to get that feedback. Did you know that when I asked them about that conversation that counted, I make sure that I don't have a clue what is coming next? Every time you hear an episode, there is brand new material recorded effectively live. A huge thank you to all of our listeners. Make sure you hit the follow button on whatever platform you're listening to. If you've loved something, please do tell us in the review section which bit you especially loved. That can really help other people see the value of the wisdom that is contained within the conversations of every episode. Every guest shares their turning point conversation and I have no idea what's coming next. I do hope you continue to listen. See you next week. It's like that old movie Field of Dreams where they say, build it and they will come. No, that's not how business works, right? You can build it all day long and unless you put it, you know, you have the traffic, and unless you're able to convey that message, which means they need to see you or at least you know be able to initiate the conversation, then you're never going to be successful in whatever it is you're trying to convey. Mm-hmm.